0: Christopher Haluski and I'm Jason Alejandro and this is Dissection brought to you by JK Design. All right, so this is another roundtable episode and today we're going to be talking about open source branding. So specifically this came up because we saw that Firefox is undergoing a new rebranding effort um, and Firefox is created by Mozilla. And Mozilla themselves went through a rebranding effort about a year ago uh, with Johnson banks very well-known and well-respected branding agency out of the UK so the the process that they went through last year was they called it an open-source branding project and they they were very adamant and very clear that this was not a crowdfunded project they were not looking to or crowdsource yeah they were not looking to crowdsource this they didn't want free work being done they were not expecting that they understand the value of a branding agency and so they hired one of you know one of the best ones out there Um, but they did want to share their values of um, who they are as a company and they wanted that to somehow come across in this rebranding process and so when it came to the feedback and the critique of the work that Johnson Banks was doing that was then opened up to the community at large and for every round of design that Johnson Banks presented to Mozilla the the decks were then shared with the public and the public was allowed to comment on it and give feedback and that feedback was then incorporated into the next round so today we're going to talk a little bit about this whole process this idea of kind of open sourcing branding and also the idea of crowdfunding or I'm sorry crowdsourcing branding and Is that good or is that bad? Um, Just kind of talk a little bit about this subject and also kind of how this leads into what Mozilla is now doing with Firefox in a very similar effort. So I guess just to start off, Jason, what do you think about the idea of open source branding and kind of allowing so many voices to get in on it? I mean, in theory, I'm like, I'm all for it. Um,
1: I think the internet is, you know, this thing that we should all have open access to and uh, you know the fact that really web development in general is kind of built on the basis of open source so much so that you know there's stories and you can even listen to some podcasts I think uh, about this very thing where like I think Reply All had a story where um, just like a simple um, like open source I don't know application that somebody had made that was on git was taken down I can't remember the exact reason and it crashed like so much of a percentage of the internet apparently this was maybe a couple years back because like everyone kind of yeah relies on all of these little applications and bits of code that rely on other things and and so I think that um, that approach for you know where developers, Um, programmers kind of just always, like, sharing things, letting uh, other people collaborate on them, improve upon them, is just inherently a good thing. It makes the internet a better thing. That being said, when it comes to branding, I'm like, okay, that sounds cool. I just don't want to be the person on the team. (laughs) um, It's cool for someone else to do it. I mean, because we've all had those design projects where it's a little design by committee anyway. And so when everyone, when there's too many cooks in the kitchen, the work gets watered down, you know, the ideas, the concepts, they all just kind of become very generic. That being said, I think that the Mozilla identity in general that they landed on is really nice i like it um <clears throat> i they had a number of different um design directions that they started with um i like the idea of them kind of you know including that internet protocol http colon backslash um backslash into that and i think that i mean it's just it's so smart it's simple it's um I don't love all the colors like that they use like when they kind of presented the branding Um, but that to me that's a bit secondary kind of the application of it I'm just looking at the mark itself I think the mark in the end was was really nicely done Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah I think that's kind of how I feel about about that stuff I just like gosh it's got to be so scary in a way I mean I guess they kind of reserve the right in the end to really do whatever they want, but I'm sure there was tons of feedback they got that was just like garbage feedback. Yeah. And
0: yeah, I think that it was very bold of them to do this, but also very fitting for them as a as a company, Mozilla, um, because they are they are an open source company. Like that's kind of what they do, and so it only seems right that they would do that. I feel like there's not many companies who can or even should do this yeah. like yeah and i think that's part of being at a
1: non-profit yeah. you know, or not for profit which whichever one of those mozilla is um <clears throat> you know they are um they're being very respectful obviously of that status mm-hmm. um and there are you know their whole mission and their values kind of help support that and that i think is really um uh commendable. And, you know, it's nice to see organizations do something like that, like really stand up to it, uh, up to their mission and their value in that way. And it also, I think, made a lot of people aware more of what Mozilla was doing in general. And, um, you know, the fact that they're not just Firefox, you know, that they have other initiatives, that they do other products and things like that. So um, so I think that's pretty cool. Um, You sent me the link to the Firefox stuff. What were your thoughts when you first saw it?
0: Um, I thought it was okay. Um, I think it, for Firefox, it seems like more of an evolution than a rebranding. Um, so they they're presenting two different design systems to the public, and so they' So it should be said, and maybe we already covered this, but just to reiterate, now Mozilla they've rolled out their new brand for the parent company and now they're going through the same process again for firefox the web browser Um, but this time they did not hire an agency they're doing it in-house or at least that's what we can gather from the blog post they've put out thus far Um, so they've presented two different systems uh, kind of design directions for firefox and then um, kind of shown some applications some logos some type treatments and whatnot. And um, so they're kind of putting it out there to the public to give some feedback. So One Direction is very much in line with what Firefox already has, really kind of making the colors more vibrant, kind of simplifying things a little bit. Um, And then there's a second direction that uses this totally different logo for the main Firefox logo, where it's like the head of a fox. Um, A lot more gradients. Um, leans a lot more towards the the kind of the reds and the yellows and the oranges, whereas the first system, I think, has more variety of color, maybe. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I think at this point, it still feels kind of very early, Mm -hmm. which it is. Yeah, I think this is their first kind of pass at it. Um, So I'll definitely be curious to follow and see how it progresses. So I think that... um
1: there's when i when i first saw this i was like what am i looking at here <laughs> like i thought um that this was like already work that was out there like maybe a case study or something yes because it does feel uh like a refresh like you said it just, just kind of feels like stuff you've already seen yeah. um i like the cleverness of the like the Fox logo in the um, system. They're calling it system one. They're calling it system one and system two, these kind of two different directions. Um, And they're they're basically, it's the same direction, just like two different executions of it is the way that I kind of see it. Um, Anyway, I, but then I'm like, I was looking at all the icons and I was like, you can almost interchange all these icons across this. And like, like I understand one is like solid shapes and the other has lines. Um, but like, I couldn't even tell what some of the logos were for, or I'm sorry, I couldn't even tell what some of the icons were for. So I'm like, I, I really, I like this approach. I like that they're continuing this process of open source branding, you know, and, you know, applying that to this, to Firefox, to this product, which, you know, at one point, like everyone was using Firefox, like before Chrome became a thing, everybody was on Firefox. I don't know. It's pretty much the standard for, like, a lot of um, institutional, like, web browsers. Like, if you go into a college, right, into a computer lab or most places of employment, a lot of people probably are using Firefox. Um, A lot of people also still use Chrome. But um, I almost feel like they needed to push this further. Like, I think that I get that the colors are kind of keeping within their brand, like Mozilla's brand. Mozilla has like these bright, vibrant colors. They kind of have this like glitch art kind of vibe going on with the Mozilla brand. Um, And so those like bright colors are playing into this identity system too. Mm -hmm. But personally, I feel like the work is a little bit dated. I think they could have really like gone in a totally like different direction here like what if they had just done a monochromatic like black and white scheme or something what if you know um and and i would like to see i think maybe more of um the underlying maybe structure of like the icon systems um i don't know the firefox logo to me like the new one looks like a book like an open
0: book yeah that that fox head While when once i am told it's a fox. I'm like, I'm oh, like, that's oh, cool. You're, you're like, I but it. if you didn't tell me, I would never yeah. have guessed. Like if I just it's saw that by Michael itself, shape. yeah, I'd be like, oh, that's like some funky little Web 2.0 gradient shape thingy. Um, so yeah, but I mean, to give them the benefit of the doubt, this is their first round, so I'll be curious to see what the feedback is from the public. You know, do they kind of are they some of the same sentiments we have, and how this evolves. Over time, um, so one of the things that this reminded of, as reminded me of, as we're talking about this, is the uh, the branding for the twenty twenty Tokyo Olympics, and how that there was a design created by a professional designer in Japan, and then due to fears of plagiarism, which I don't think were founded. Um, they threw out that designer's logo and then they crowdsourced it. Yes. Um, and there was a lot of debate over that. So before I give my opinion, what are your thoughts on the idea of the Olympic Committee crowdsourcing something as important and prestigious as the branding for the Olympics? You know, it's
1: it's hard for me to comment on that. I think I might be wrong about this, but I feel like there was... Uh, either a history of I don't know if it was Olympic logos or if it was like graphic design in Japan that's like but where I think there's like a different cultural perspective on the mm-hmm. crowdsourcing idea mm-hmm. and I, I don't know if <clears throat> I think the way it was perceived probably by the design community probably by a bunch of like jerks on Twitter like me but <laughs> um was probably you know um ignorant of maybe some of those cultural norms but um we just we hate to see someone not get paid for something for work that they've done especially if it's a ton of work and all these resources that they've poured in i mean listen if you want to do a logo in five minutes and then not get paid for it i don't know then again it's a it's the olympics right so like they have the money to pay for this thing uh, you know but um generally i'm like opposed to the idea of crowdsourcing things mm-hmm. i remember um didn't gap do that too gap came out with like their square the gradient square it was like yeah it was like the gradient square it was like helvetica i don't basically. think that was crowdsource i think that was like buying i think ages. no but then i think after that oh, they went to crowdsource a new that. logo and people were like whoa 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 wait and they, I think they just went back to the logo. Let me, let me clarify that real quick. Yeah, so with the Gap logo, they had put out this new logo. It was like Helvetica had a square behind the P that would like had a gradient in it. And um, people just hated it. So Gap was like, all right, well, let's ask people to send in their logos, which is just a terrible idea. Um, I don't think it ever really works well. And to this day, like those stories like Gap or Tropicana are, I, I still find those things amazing, mm-hmm. that people care that much, like the general public cares, like I yeah. know for like, you're a designer, you have opinions, you hate a font, whatever it is, you hate a color, I know like it probably shouldn't surprise me, and I understand the psychology of all of it, you know, in, uh, on, a, on a surface level, but it still just kind of astounding to me that people get that heated over things like the packaging of their orange juice. Yeah,
0: and I think that goes. It speaks a lot. It surprises me too, and I think it speaks a lot to how much of a visual culture we've become and how much how far we've come. Because I think twenty years ago, if uh, if the Gap or Tropicana changed the packaging, no one would have cared at all, it would have completely gone under the radar and no one would have said anything. I agree. I think think the combination of, as a culture we are much more visually literate and we um, because of companies like Apple and Target and Nike, companies who have pushed design as a a quality and as something that is like to be respected and worth paying more for. It has kind of had this global effect where you know as a culture we care more about it and we appreciate it more combined with access to things like twitter and facebook and social media having an outlet to voice one's opinion those two things combined i think are what have allowed for people to have an outrage when tropicana changes their packaging i mean it's just just... how much do you like orange juice like that's (laughs) That's like right how much do you care even if Like, you know, in that case, they didn't change the flavor or anything. No, the product didn't change. It was just like the packaging.
1: They just had like a kind of cool, not, I say cool with like air quotes, like a cool, you know, sans serif, like modern sans serif typeface. It was, I think it was turned sideways, maybe. I I don't know. Um, And compared to the old one, which had a more, like, a more kind of vintage aesthetic, it had that orange, iconic with the straw poked into it. But like, I just. I get paid to design things. And like, I don't know that I care that much about like packaging of certain things sometimes, you know, like, um, it depends, I guess, I guess
0: it depends, but, um, well, and the fact that it would actually affect their sales at a big enough level for them to go back to their old logo. Like, yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. I mean, the gap thing, even with that, like, it's
1: not like people walk. Well, I shouldn't say that people do walk around with shirts saying gap, they don't walk around with shirts that have the GAP logo necessarily explicitly on it so much. So it's like you care about the logo that's on the inside of your jeans or your gray T-shirt. Like, I mean, it's it's GAP, but people care about these things. It's uh, it's
0: pretty surprising still to me this day. Coming back to the Tokyo Olympics, um, I'm torn on the idea of crowdsourcing. Um, on one hand, so the the professional designer in me wants to say that's terrible, you know, you should be hiring a professional and you should be paying them appropriately for the work that they put into this. Um, on the other hand, it's an amazing opportunity for, and I don't, I forget the name of the person who actually did the winning design, but it's an amazing opportunity for someone somewhere who would never in a million years have had the chance to design a logo for the Olympics and they did it and it was selected. And now, there is a huge amount of respect and kind of attention that comes along with that. And so it is a pretty amazing opportunity. And, you know, the 18 year old version of myself who was still in college, I'm sure I would have done a logo for it and I would have submitted it. And if I had won, I would have been thrilled and it would have been amazing. Yeah. So the, I see the goods and the, you know, the, the pros and the cons to it. Um, it's definitely a, a sticky subject.
1: I agree. And, Um, and I, I think that, yeah, that is, it's not only the fact that, like, it's not just crowdsourcing, like, that, like, it's the fact that there is also, um, identity is tied to an Olympic logo, right? Because it represents a country, the host country, as well as, um, then there's just the politics as well, you know, that, that also becomes a part of it. And so it's so, it's a much bigger thing to navigate for even the most well-established designers or agencies. Um, it's not just doing a logo for someone and getting paid for it. It's everything else that comes with it. Right. You know, um, the public re- the public relations part of it, um, press releases, like all of these things. So that makes me hesitant. Of course, I'm going to say, well, no, some. Sixteen-year-old kid who just has Photoshop should not be doing the logo for that reason, you know. But, it, but you're right. Like, I, of course, I would love to be that sixteen-year-old kid who gets to try his hand at something like that and maybe gets recognized. Um, so uh, it has its its pros and cons. Uh, I think it depends on on ultimately what it is. Is it are you crowdsourcing a logo for, you know, a charitable thing or is it done for? you know, a for-profit company and their only goal is to just make as much money as possible. I think there's like all those different things to consider.
0: Um, You know, the, so the context ultimately I think is the most important thing, but um, I think another interesting thing that you made me think of by what you were just talking about is that regardless of who it was that won the crowdsourcing competition, the Olympics committee must have hired an agency to then do everything else right like i doubt they hired the person who designed it to then execute every banner and commercial you know all that stuff they would need to have a real agency then kind of pick it up and run with it and i don't know how i'd feel if i worked at that agency if it was like okay here's a logo designed by someone you know some person who has nothing to do with your company and now you have to take their logo and execute the entire you know, Olympics campaign around this logo. Um, I think that would kind of be challenging. Absolutely. And um, I mean,
1: it's always, and depends on the person's experience, obviously, you know, here at JK, we all work on things kind of together. If I start something, I might hand it off to you, you know, and we all kind of take some bit of ownership in the work without really taking full ownership because we realize it's a collaborative process. But of course it's hard if you're doing just a logo and then you have to hand it off. It gets handed off to this big agency. There's a huge amount of trust that's going to go into how it's going to be executed and applied and all of those things. Um, But I just looked up some information on that Tokyo logo, and apparently the original designer did admit to plagiarism, Mm -hmm. but it was like a different... I think logo altogether than the one that people had pointed out
0: possibly. Um, So uh, pretty interesting. Um, But see, like the whole idea of plagiarism in design, that's, I mean, we could spend hours just talking about that, you know, what is plagiarism and what is inspiration? And, you know, there's no designer who, has a completely blank slate, right? Like we all look at stuff, we are all inspired by stuff, we see things we like, and consciously or subconsciously, a lot of the things that we see we like somehow find their way into the work we do. Um, so, yeah, that's especially when you're talking about something like a logo, where typically they're very simple, minimal marks, and there's only so much you can do. Um, it's a. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think like nowadays
1: it's so easy. To <clears throat> search for images sure. um, that that becomes uh, a really big problem, I would imagine, especially in an educational setting like schools mm-hmm. where like you know teachers only have so much time to like yeah. they can't go you know uh, looking through the internet to to see if the work their student did is is from some you know blog somewhere or some kind of you know um designer in, like, Russia that people haven't really heard of, but has, like, 30,000 Behance followers or something. And um, so it's a difficult thing to to um, to really catch, I think. But at the same time, um, just giving credit where credit is due is going to save so much more, you know? And, you know, if you... If you can't say that something was like inspired by some other thing um, or influenced by it, then it's probably you're probably trying to rip it off. Mm-hmm. But if you can be like, listen, I really felt influenced by this thing. Yeah. I wanted to, you know, pay homage to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and you can reference it in a way where you can still make something somewhat original from it. Yeah. Um, then I think that's okay, It's as long as you're saying that. So I think that's important, too, is to really give credit where credit is due. Um, Don't just, like, rip things off of, you know, Pinterest and design inspiration and stuff. But um, that being said, um, all right, so any other thoughts on?
0: No, I think that's about it. I think, um, you know, I think it's an ongoing conversation, the idea of how branding is executed in terms of, crowdfunding or crowdsourcing or open source um, I think those kind of ideas and like we talked about the the visual awareness of our culture all you know these are all kind of things that are changing the way brands think about their own or companies think about their own brand and also how the public thinks about brands. And I think these are all really exciting things for us as designers at a branding agency or an agency that does branding um, to be thinking about and talking about and kind of being part of that conversation as we work on the brands for our clients.
1: Yeah. And I think that, you know, it'll be exciting to see where uh, Mozilla kind of nets out with this Firefox thing. Um, You can go to their blog right now and you can actually read all the people, like all the comments. They literally just are using the comments on the blog post as the kind of feedback um, that they're that they're pulling from uh, that they're calling from the public. Um, And there are some really helpful and constructive uh, comments and then others that are just like, I like number one, you know, so I don't know what they do. Like, do they have a chart? Or something, you know, yeah, <laughs> like
0: that. That would actually be really interesting to figure out, or to find out how are they, how do they incorporate this feedback, right? Yeah, and how are they just um, consolidating all of this feedback? And that they must have a team of people just doing that, because if you've got the comments here, whatever happens on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Reddit, you know, all there's so many different outlets that people could be talking about this, and I would imagine they want to capture as much of that as possible.
1: I hope somebody like, like a design critic comments on here. Like, like somebody who like, you know, somebody like, I hope like Jessica Helfand or like, you know, somebody, you know, Michael Bayrou kind of, but just don't even write their like full name. Yeah. That would be interesting. (laughs) All right. Cool. All right. So until next time. To see a slideshow with images related to the project for this episode, please go to
0: dissection.jkdesign.com. And while you're there, you can also learn more about us and listen to past episodes.
1: Also, don't forget to go to iTunes where you can subscribe and leave us a positive review
0: if you like the show, which we hope you did. And you can also listen on SoundCloud and you can leave comments on this particular episode there. This section has been brought to you by JK Design, a branding, advertising, and design agency with offices in New York and New Jersey. To learn more, check us out at jkdesign.com.